we also have the EPDs for every uh, each one of our products because that's the only way to to be strict with the LCA and that's the only way to have uh, true data and to compare different products and choose which one is better for my goals in, towards sustainability. Welcome to the Urbanista, where we discuss the water management challenges of Nordic cities. From safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments. Here is your host, Delphine Vassalo. Hey, welcome back, Urbanistas. There's no doubt about how important sustainability has become in the construction industry in recent times. Particularly in the Nordics, we are seeing that many initiatives in favor of building houses, offices, and public infrastructure with a low carbon footprint, or a lower carbon footprint, should I say, because the requirements are getting tough, are getting more strict, uh, to the point that many projects, whether public or, or private, overall for public tendering processes, it's become mandatory to present a proof of the carbon footprint reduction of the products or materials that will be used in the in the project. And that proof uh, or the proof that is becoming the default the standard in many cases is the environmental product declaration or EPD, so-called EPD. But uh, yeah, how exactly all these EPDs are issued? How should you actually read or interpret the information that is um, inside of these EPDs. And by the, wait, if a product has an EPD, does it mean that it's automatically it is sustainable or not? So to answer this and, and, and many more things, today we have reached out to one of our key experts in Uponor to talk about EPDs and, and many more. So who are you and what do you do? <laughs> Hi, good morning, Delphine. My name is Judith Masip. I'm an electronical engineer. I live in Barcelona and I'm the sustainability responsible for uh, Uponor Iberia. Thank you, Judith, for joining us today from, from sunny Spain. Uh, is it really sunny today? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, we are recording this in, in, in June. Uh, I guess, yeah, it, it should be. Otherwise, we'd be a bit disappointed. Here mm -hmm. in Uponor headquarters in Finland, it's quite sunny and quite hot. It's like 27 degrees, which, hey, by Nordic standards, this is, this is really yes. hot. <laughs> this is really hot already. But, uh, but yeah. So, Hudit, let's just start from what are the EPDs, like this document that is issued. So, mm -hmm. what are they exactly? And which information can we find inside of this document? As you said before, EPDs are uh, environmental product declarations. They are, uh, there is a document where you can find any environmental uh, performance, any indicator of environmental performance from the product or the service that you're studying. They are based on LCA, which is the life cycle assessment. So you're going to find that information about the impact that this product has uh, in the resources, in the earth resources like water, energy, etc. You will find that information for the all uh, the whole life of the product from the beginning, which is the extraction of the material, the transport, the manufacturing, the transport, and then the end of life. 
Ah, you asked the, about the information that we can find mm -hmm. in the IPD. You can find general information like the description, the manufacturer, the place uh, where it's manufactured, the technical information, that kind of general information. But then you have the specific information about the LCA, the life cycle assessment, with all the indicators for each step of the life cycle assessment. For example, for the extraction of the materials or for the transport, you can find all the indicators and information like the primary energy use, even if it's uh, renewable or non-renewable, if there were any fuels uh, used for that product, if there were any dangerous materials used for uh, the manufacturing of the product, all the compounds and the um, materials that are used. And then you can find the specific environmental indicators as the, um, the GWP, which is the global warming potential. And that is, uh, that allows mm -hmm. us to compare different products about the impact that they have, uh, on the gases gases that they mm -hmm. are emitting into um, into the atmosphere you can also find information about the impact for example on the fresh water the water deprivation you can uh, know if that product is impacting more or no uh, a lot or not into the water resources that we have the same with for example acidification potential it will give you information if the product has any compounds mm -hmm. that uh, are precursors of acid rain so all that information can be found in the in an epd so you mentioned the the process if we start from there uh, mm -hmm. the life cycle assessment which is from the very beginning where the raw yeah. material of any given product will 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 burn or will will come mm -hmm. um, is this really the whole process until the product is installed or used in mm -hmm. in whatever building or whatever installation it is so is this the span of it or what about what about after i mean the the actual life of that product before it's well end of life before it is disposed or recycled hopefully so mm -hmm. the lca is taking care or is looking at that far it depends on the type of epd that you are doing because you can do certain different types of lca and you can have a cradle to gate which is the minimum uh lc lca that you can do to publish an epd and it just covers uh the a1 to a3 mm -hmm. which is extraction of material transport and manufacturing so that will be the minimum uh information uh towards life cycle assessment that you can find in an EPD. Then you have the next one, which is cradle to cradle. And to the last one, it adds uh, C1 and C2 and D, which is the end of life and the benefits after uh, the project, which are related to recycling, etc. And then you have the full life cycle assessment mm -hmm. approach, which is cradle to grave which is the beginning to the end of life. So that's the, the whole PD. So it will depend, answering your question, mm -hmm. it will depend the information of each steps of LCA on what kind of EPD you are going to to analyze. If it's cradle to cradle, cradle to gate, or cradle to grave. But there are typically different, let's call them, types of EPDs. So if that uh, the document that I am presented I don't know if I am planning, if I'm a planner, I, I'm starting mm -hmm. to collect all these all these documents to validate what the materials that I'm putting in, in, in my project. Mm 
So is there a specific type of EPD that yes. I should request the cradle to gate, cradle to cradle? So how do, how me as a planner, how do I choose or how do I know which is the right EPD that I should choose or it, ask for? It depends on the, on the, um, what is your goal towards that EPD? Sometimes uh, you only need to fulfill a requirement uh, from a green scheme like uh, LEED, uh, which I would like to, to talk mm -hmm. deeper then, but mm -hmm. uh, later. But uh, if you are just uh, wanting to fulfill that requirement, they only ask uh, about having the APD. They, they give you point only for having the APD, for example, in one credit. So in that sense, you doesn't care what kind of APD as soon as you have the APD. So if you have any EPD, even if it's credit to gate, blah, 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 it, it's going to be useful for you. But then if you are uh, an engineer or an architect that you are doing the life cycle assessment of the f uh, whole building and you want to have the life cycle assessment from a, a beginning to end with all the materials that are installed in that building, maybe for you it will be more interesting to have a cradle to, to grave LCA. Mm, the traditional or the maybe the EPDs that we are going to find uh, probably the, the most are the cradle to, to cradle, the, the middle ones. The middle ones, exactly. Yeah. So because then uh, what we have seen is for the EPD is a third party verified Mm -hmm. um, and document is not that the manufacturer or the of the company that is producing the, the material mm -hmm. is issuing. It's that's the point that is verified by a by a checked and verified by a by a third party. And uh, but we have seen that there are many formats or types because there are many private companies doing this. And at some point, yes. if the the planner receives. Uh, EPD is right because I am choosing between these two types of materials to put into my project, mm -hmm. and I receive two EPDs, but they are not they are not issued by the same um, um, company by the director. And yes. like, okay, uh, how do I read this? Does this match with this other thing, or they are not directly comparable? Mm -hmm. We have heard that that's that's kind there of a struggle. Are many things that you need to take in account. The thing about the LCA, great uh, to break, this is one thing. But then you also need to to see if you are uh, having our EPD that is single done. That means one EPD for one uh, manufacturer and one product. Or you can have a group EPD, which is similar products from the same manufacturer, or you can have an industry average EPD, where uh, many companies has given the data to the association and they do the EPD of an average uh, data for a product. So that will be another thing to take in account when doing the comparisons. But mm -hmm. I need to uh, explain a little bit which is the process of doing an EPD to, to answer that. Yes, please. When doing an EPD, first of all, you need to, to um, do a little bit of strategy and think, first of all, what kind of LCA, what kind of uh, EPD regarding single EPD, group EPD, etc. And then you need to choose, as, as you said, a uh, program, a program operator. Nowadays, there are 50 in the, in the world. It's a lot of people. There are ones that are more um, international and commonly known than others that are more locally or for the countries, no? But you need to choose the program. 
And then when choosing the program, you need to find if there is a PCR into that program. A PCR is the rules that are applied uh, when you are doing the product EPD. So if you are doing, for example, in Opener, we are doing an EPD of a pipe, a PEX pipe, we need to know if that uh, PEX pipe has uh, rules which are going to tell us how we need to do that EPD. If you have a PCR, you take that and you just follow the rules and do the EPD. If not, you need to create that. And so that's a part of the strategy. When chosen the PCR, the program operator, the kind of EPD, then you need to take the data. We need one year of data to do the life cycle assessment and all the study. Then you put all the data into these programs and they give you the life cycle assessment uh, information. We need to fulfill, uh, fulfill the report, the type of, of report um, that uh, the program operator is asking us. Mm -hmm. And then we need to send that to a verifier. The verifier will say that if we have followed the rules correctly or not, and when that's done and the verifier give us the, the okay, this is a process about they are going to ask you questions and you need to answer. And then we are going, uh, we are ready to publish and register the APD. So with that said, what we need to do when comparing different EPDs? First of all, uh, be sure that we are comparing EPDs that are done with uh, same kind of EPDs, like single EPDs to mm -hmm. single EPDs. We can only compare EPDs that uh, from products that only differ in 1% of material, because if we are comparing two pipes, uh, one plastic pipe and one metal pipe, that it has not really sense to do that. And then uh, you need to be sure that the PCRs that are used, if aren't the same, because if the, there is different program operators, will not be the same. We need to look into the rules and the assumptions that are done. I will recommend uh, to the, the ones that reading EPDs mm -hmm. and comparing to take the EPD and go to the assumption uh, part, uh, the assumption part, where mm -hmm. they will find, for example, I, I will give you an example of the assumptions. If we are two manufacturers that are working with um, PEX pipe, uh, for example, and we are, I have the factory in Germany and you have the factory in France, but we both uh, send the PEX pipe to the, all the European countries. So what is the amount of kilometers that we should put in the EPD? That is an assumption. So you need to look there and look what is the assumption that each one of the manufacturers have done. Maybe I've done the average of the, I don't know, the, the, all the customers that I have in Europe, what, which distance they are from the manufacturing, uh, place. And then I've done the average. Maybe the other has it done other way. So that's, uh, I will recommend to look the type of EPD, type of product. They need to be very similar and then the assumptions. Right. So there's actually, there's quite a lot of things that you had to pre prepare before mm -hmm. actually jumping into, into actually which type of EPD I'm, I'm going to request for, for my project. And the, once you have it like there in, in front of you, you have mentioned before this GWP indicators. And the, can you elaborate on that? Because actually one of the things that we are realizing with, with many customers is, yes, here is the EPD and and maybe kind of zoom in immediately to the mm -hmm. number of the carbon footprint reduction. At some point, there's like 
okay, it's kind of one of the key topics, yes. Mm-hmm. But let's like, zoom, zoom in immediately yeah. to that one. And admittedly, some some products that do have an EPD, but given that what you explained, the life cycle assessment, etc., mm-hmm. the result is that that product that does have an EPD, the carbon footprint reduction says zero. Mm-hmm. Because it is it is what it is. I mean, it's not wrong. It is what it is. It's just mm-hmm. certified that it's zero. Yes. But then it's like, okay, what's the point of the EPD? Many people say it. Okay, um, if you zoom in only to the carbon mm-hmm. footprint, may not be the best. Which other items or indicators that, or like this DWP, or which other indicators you should pay attention specifically in the EPD? I think that all of them, for me, it's important, uh, the raw material, if they, you can find in an EPD if there is a raw material that is virgin, that it has been extracted, so it diminishes the resources of the earth, or if you are using uh, secondary materials or recycled materials from other industries. So, but if you are looking into that, uh, and that's like this, you are going to have a lower footprint. So that has an impact in the footprint. But also the water footprint is super interesting. Maybe a product has a better carbon footprint, but worse uh, water footprint. I- I'm not the one to say which one of uh, them uh, is more important. It will depend on the on the goal that that you are having when when you are the project managers or the green schemes managers. Mm-hmm. They need to to do that that um, thinking. So they need to know which which is the goal that they are going to pursue, and if they need to load the carbon footprint, they are going to look on that. But if they have a problem with water footprint, maybe uh, they are going to look more on on that uh, indicator. Because actually, you are you are mentioning uh, if I if I catch it correctly, you are mentioning mm-hmm. now the um, how to say the complementary the these assessment schemes. That mm-hmm, you may mm-hmm. want that your, of course, your your building or your your project has it. So how can these EPDs be used in the in the building rating or in this assessment mm-hmm. scheme, whether it's LEED or BRIM or? Can you elaborate more about that? Yes. Uh, for example, I will talk more about LEED and BRIM, which mm-hmm. are the the ones I I know better. LEED gives you, as I said before, LEED uh, LEED gives you credits only for having EPDs. So they ask you uh, in your project to have 20 products permanently installed with EPDs from at least five um, different mm-hmm. manufacturers. So that directly gives you points, not knowing if the EPDs uh, are good or bad, the product is better, just having the EPDs because they give you, um, a, they are uh, rewarding the transparency. First step of sustainability is having data and being transparent with the data. Then we can work uh, if it, that data is good, is bad, or it needs uh, some improvement. So let give you points for that. But then they have a credit with also, uh, they give you points if you're using uh, materials that are low in carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. So you, you can have the points for having the EPD. And then if that EPD is good, if that product is better than other ones and is giving a lower uh, carbon footprint, they will give you points for that uh, also. For example, in BRIM, it's similar. They give you points for having the EPDs. In the BRIM case, they give you more points if the uh, product EPD is a single one. That, That one is one product, one manufacturer. 
than if you are presenting a, a industry average um, EPD. So for BRIAM, uh, they are giving you more points. And other certificates like HQE, DGNB, uh, the other ones, in Spain we have VERDE, etc. Uh, the other ones, they all give you points for the EPDs. In general, they give you points for having EPDs. And then if you have uh, materials that are improved in terms of carbon footprint, they give you some more points for that. For example, uh, the importance of, of that green schemes, uh, they are not mandatory. The, they are voluntary. So companies are doing because they have a commitment with sustainability or uh, uh, for other reasons. But uh, in Spain, when a build-to-rent uh, building is done, the investors make mandatory, uh, so if, if the constructor wants that the investor uh, puts the, their money in it, they, they make mandatory to having BRIM certificate here in Spain. So that's the, the reason because this is so important. Actually, now you are, you are also touching the topic of the uh the EPDs that are one product, one manufacturer, the EPDs mm -hmm. that have more, multiple products, clearly for the assessment schemes, well, the ones that are one, one, give you more, more points. They are more well valued, but these other type of EPDs that are multiple pro or is a family of products mm -hmm. or there's, so how do you see them? I mean, how, I don't want to say how valid they are because of course they, they are valid as well. They are outside there. Mm -hmm. How useful they are, like me as a planner, do I get, do I get a one-on-one, one product, one manufacturer uh, APD versus this common or collective, how to say it, uh, multiple product APD. So does that really help the, the planner to for having a, having a group APD? That's, that's my personal opinion. Having a group APD is just to fulfill the requirement. Like if, if someone is asking you for the PD from materialist to fulfill the requirement and to fulfill uh, the voids that we have nowadays, because um, the problem is that there are not many manufacturers in the installations world that have EPDs. In Uponor, we, we are the, the, like the, not the only ones, but there is no many others uh, in the HBAC uh, mm -hmm. or, or in the installations world, no? So the problem that are facing architects when doing the LCA of a whole of a building is that they are not finding the the data. So having the 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 EPDs on the industry average, if there is no other option, that's enough to go uh, forward. But for me, that's a that's a bad thing. We all should have the EPDs for every uh, each one of our products. Because that's the only way to, to be strict with the LCA. And that's the only way to have uh, true data and to compare different products and choose which one is better for my goals in, towards sustainability. So my opinion is that uh, single EPDs are, are the correct ones, are the ones that we that we need. And as you say, so that's why manufacturers, I mean, not just because we are in the construction industry, so but mm -hmm. what kind of industrial manufacturers should have or must have their, their EPDs, as you said, for each one of their products. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a long process. Yes, um, it, it doesn't come overnight, but I guess it's for the, for the benefit of, of mm -hmm. the industry at large. We have seen now, we are seeing really uh, a strong 
uh, drive uh, in the mm -hmm. Nordic countries, where yeah. whether it's for a for a private uh, project or even more overall for any public tendering, mm -hmm. if you don't present the EPD up front, you are actually they don't even count on you. They don't even consider yeah. you for the pro for the for the project. So the the ticket to enter just to offer the bid. It's actually having the APD. Whatever the APD says, as I say, sometimes mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. APD says zero carbon free or not so good, but you have it. So it's like now one of the yeah. prerequisites that is happening a lot nowadays uh, uh, in the Nordics. I don't know if you mm -hmm. have in the rest of Europe or in Spain. So how not, mandatory, mm -hmm. how strict uh, 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 um, the investors are, are becoming? I mean, uh, in terms of uh, government, there is no requirement nowadays. It's more, uh, it relates into the city's councils. Uh, I know that in Nordics, you are more advanced in that aspect. I know that Oslo asks uh, EPDs on the tendering uh, process. And for example, uh, in Southern Europe, you have we have friends. Friends is uh, starting to require an LCA for a building to obtain construction certificates. So that's the first step. They are not asking EPDs, but they are asking LCA. So mm -hmm. uh, the project managers will need um, uh, uh, EPDs to do that LCA. And what I said, this is not a mandatory thing here, but it will arrive in Nordics is arriving. As you said, first step is having the EPD, first of all. But then next step will be that EPDs meet certain uh, criteria. The thing is relying more on the on the public councils on the cities. Uh, and you have, for example, in Nordics, mm -hmm. Oslo, or you have uh, great initiatives in tendering uh, about requesting EPDs. But in South, uh, for example, in France, uh, they have this uh, requirement to have the, um, the certain certifications, construction certifications, and they ask you to do the life cycle assessment. So they are not directly asking for EPDs, but they are asking to life cycle assessment, which make mandatory that you need EPD to do that in order to have the data. And in Spain, for example, we have Barcelona, Madrid, the cities having some uh, request into the public uh, construction. So they put some requirements, not about EPDs. They are asking, uh, for example, for materials with certain amount of uh, certain percentage of uh, recycled material into it or to put some uh, materials with carbon uh, footprint. They are not mandatory requirements. They are these kind of requirements that give you extra points to to take the to win the the project or to win the that no. And what I think is that for the public administration is great because EPDs are uh, the way that they have to verify that the product that you are giving to them into the project is going to uh, fulfill the requirements that they are setting and also is helping them to compare in between two products or two projects and give more credits or or give um, a prize or, or just to win the project that for that material that is better or that project that has materials that are better so that's not mandatory 100 percent a European Commission doesn't have a regulation now, but there are upcoming regulations that 
surely will uh, change that. For example, you have the European Circular Economy mm -hmm. Action Plan, you have the EU Product Environmental Footprint, we have Levels, that is this framework, European Framework for Sustainability Building, uh, trying to not rely only on the private uh, green schemes like LEED or BRIM. We are going to have this in, in EU. And life cycle assessment, as I said, in France, in, in Sweden also, is going to... Now this is linked to green schemes, but it's going to be mandatory. Sooner or later, uh, we are going to face that requirements. So much better, so much of, better course, if, of course, uh, if our colleagues, our planners, planners start, start to take to this, take this, I mean, not that they don't Not take it seriously, but I mean, really, really, this is a thing that needs to be yes. considered like in every mm -hmm. single project, whether it's officially requested or not, it's also, yeah, it will be beneficial. So if we try to, to summarize what I'm getting out of our conversation today, so learn which types of EPDs you can get, cradle to gate, cradle to cradle, cradle to grave, and what's included in each one of them, consider, second consider, if you are having a single product EPD or a multiple product EPD, does that really fulfill what you are uh, the needs of or the requirements of your project? Which are the key indicators, whether are the GWP indicators? What exactly you should be reading or looking into those into those EPDs? Is it carbon footprint really what you are looking after? Is it water footprint? And considering all those and as you mentioned, there's no one size fits all, depending what are the objectives and what are you, uh, what your project is about, you may consider one or, mm -hmm. or, or another. So I'm trying to summarize that. Uh, and of course, in terms of the projects that are uh, on their public, uh, for public use, that we need to go to the regulatory, the normal tender processes, how much, how, how much weight that sustainability aspect or sustainability document has in that project. So those are the key things that I'm trying to summarize from, from today's conversation. Is there something else that you would like to, to add, which would be your advice for, for planners that are now, well, jumping in, more or less familiar with DPDs or not? What would be your advice for, for them to, um, to know more or to get to more advanced in this topic? My advice is uh, just to, to start doing LCA for all the projects, because the thing is, uh, since this is not a requirement and it's not mandatory, it's just a voluntary thing. We are doing it uh, because we have a commitment with sustainability. The ones who are doing it, we have a big commitment. And also because we need transparency, because we need um, clear information that is first verified uh, to speak with our stakeholders. And this is a matter of time. So you cannot do, as I am a manufacturer, I cannot do an EPD in one month because I need one year of data, I need to do the LC, I need to do all the process, and that takes time. So, for example, as Uponor, we have done that because we have the commitment and also we need that information to be clear with stakeholders and we need to be advanced to what is going to come. So as we are going to see that uh, becoming mandatory, we need to be prepared. And just expecting that uh, it's mandatory to start doing things, it's a wrong perspective because then you are going to go fast and you're not going to do things well and you're just going to do things to fulfill minimum requirements. We need to go above that. So my advice is uh, to all the project managers, to all the people in, um, 
involved in the process of construction to start today because it's a these are things that take time and these are things that they are not good to be done uh in hurry up because uh, you have a mandatory thing that it's coming you Just know better to prepare in time so who did Thank you so much you so for much sharing your wisdom today with the with the uh, the audience of the urbanista. And uh, if I could maybe commit you, let's have another conversation like this later, maybe at the end of the year. Let's see how is the situation, how things have been changing from your perspective. That would be really nice to to get to round out this this conversation. And urbanistas, thank you very much for tuning in today. And uh, with this episode, we are actually wrapping up the season one as customary and um, we will have a summer break. But then after the summer holidays, we'll come back for season two and we have more things prepared for that. So thank you very much and see you the next time. Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast a production of Upono Infra, the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.